not easy to get up here. But he's prepared a word this morning that God has anointed and it is for today. And this is the day that the Lord has made and this word is for you today. Good morning, everybody. Thank you, Denise. It's a real pleasure to be here. Um, and the worship this morning was actually quite amazing, I think. The, one of the key things that, that Denise hit on at the end of our, our worship and that, that moment in, in the anointing was the... The, that there's more, and that's really what my message about this morning, that, that there's more, and the Sundays are great, and how are we going to carry that through the week? But before I begin, it's, it's just to take a moment to honour our pastors, Daryl and Denise, and, and I've been here for well, about four years now, and, and uh, I'm very grateful for the hearts that you have, and how, how you um, demonstrate the, the generous love and grace that God has for all of us, and your example to us all. Thank you. So we're continuing our series of summer hits, um, although I don't know what happened to some of this last week, it's been a bit rough, and uh, the uh, only thing that weather's been good for really is growing weeds. And speaking of growing weeds, I had to mow the lawns last night and sort of reflecting on the message, and, and uh, I was looking at my lawns, now that it's mowed, it looks really, really good from a distance. And you come up close, and it seems to be... Um, it's, it, when you walk on it, or you come onto the actual section, you'll see that it's actually not grass. That's why I call it lawn, otherwise, because it's actually not true. The uh, actual should be just straight weeds. And uh, the um, I've had quite a, a battle with the lawn of trying to make it look nice and, and try to get rid of the prickles and and uh, and grow grass instead of weeds. And between Anne and I, we've had a bit of a battle on this, and it's just still ongoing. And uh, we have two different approaches. Anne will get out and she gets her trowel out and she digs each weed one at a time and tries to leave little bits of grass that's, that's there, leave that behind and I should come along and rake it all up and put it in the rubbish. But I have a completely different approach. I don't want to be out there digging, I want the easiest and fastest way to turn the, the weeds in, in the grass, uh, to weeds to grass, so I have a nice looking lawn. And for me that means chemicals. And I'm sure there's a fix-all approach, right? There's got to be one treatment that does everything. So I've tried a whole bunch of different things. One of my uh, ones I tried was this, this product called uh, Weed and Feed. You may have seen it before. It comes in like a yellow container. You attach a hose to it and you, you spray, then walk away, right? Well, I, I, think, I think this container had a spelling mistake on the label. It should have been Feed the Weed, not Weed and Feed, because I tell you, the, the weeds grew like steroids after that. So... Uh, so now I just mow and hope that no one uh, looks too close. And if you walk, ever walk on my lawn, please wear something on your feet. Otherwise, you're going to find the prickles. <laughs> so it reminds me of a story about Jesus where, um, in the, when he was here. And uh, the story is told in my favorite book of the Bible, Matthew chapter 21, verse 18. It says, while walking back into the city the next morning, he, that's Jesus, got hungry. He noticed a lone fig tree by the side of the path and walked over to see if there was any fruit on it. But there was none. He found only leaves. So he spoke again to the fig tree and said, you will be barren and will never bear fruit again. Instantly, the fig tree shivelled up right in front of their eyes. And this story is, is, for me, is a little bit of character for Jesus. When you look at all these miracles, they seemed about life-giving. He, uh, he turned water into wine, and not just any wine, it was the best wine. He, he um, had mass food production. He was healing people and, and um, getting rid of disease, bringing back sight. 
and he, he brought people to life, but here he kills a tree. So I'm sort of thinking, about what does this mean? So when I was thinking about the story, I thought, well, let's start with a fig tree from a distance. It, was, it, it looked healthy, it was growing strong, it was covered in leaves, and, and I'm told that fig leaves are really large. But up close, when Jesus got to the tree, there was actually no fruit on it, there's nothing to eat, and, and there's nothing on that tree that actually of benefit for others apart from shade or how it looked. Yeah. And it's a bit like my lawn, it's, it's pretty from a distance, but uh, you find the prickles when you walk on it. And it can be a picture of how we live. We try to make things look good on the outside, but in reality, things, things are not what they should be or could be. And there's parts of our lives that are unhealed and unredeemed and that we're not ready to share with others. And we can fool ourselves for a time. Excuse me. We can fool others for a time, but we can't fool ourselves because we, can, we don't lie to ourselves as effectively. We, we know our shortcomings. We know our weaknesses. And are any parents here who had to sit through the Lego movie like multiple times and, and there's a song in it which goes, everything is awesome? Yeah, that's the one. I'm not going to sing it. <laughs> um, but uh, the, the, the characters would go around singing this song, everything is awesome, and really it wasn't. All the Lego bricks were falling down and they were still singing everything was awesome. And there's, there's this, this false reality that they're trying to portray. And we can do the same thing here. We can... We can Everything's awesome here, Sunday morning, we're here at church, it's all good, but tomorrow we're back to our daily routine and, and nothing's changed. And we can search for fulfillment in all the wrong places. We explore change. We try new things. We buy new things. We turn over a new leaf, so to speak, but both sides are still green. Yeah, great. See, external change is a great way of hiding problems temporarily. And until we change within, our problems still come with us and generally tend to compound. And hiding is not new. Hiding our behavior and putting out a nice show is, not, is nothing new. The fig leaves were first mentioned in Genesis. And that's where Adam and Eve sewed a bunch of fig leaves together to hide their shame after they disobeyed God. So we can hide the things we are ashamed of. So that covering makes us look healthy, makes the tree look healthy. But Jesus wasn't interested in the leaves. He wasn't interested in what's showing on the outside. He was looking for fruit. And the health of a plant is shown in the quantity and quality of its fruit. And where I grew up, we were surrounded by orchards, and mainly apple orchards, and I love a good apple. You know, there's that, that lovely, firm skin, the glossy color that it's ripe, and when you bite into it, it's juicy, it's crunchy, and you have that lovely, sweet and sour taste all at the same time, it's delicious. Yeah. Then you get those other apples. You know, the bad apples. And it looks okay on the outside, and the, you, you take that first big bite looking for that, that crunch and the juice, but all you get is a mouthful of flour. Yeah. Or, worse, you bite into that rotten bit, and, and that's a taste that lasts a long time. <laughs> See, the fascinating point about fruit is that it's actually not for the benefit of the tree that grows the fruit. I mean, okay. Does the tree actually eat its own fruit? So the fruit is for the benefit of those who are around who come and pick it and taste it. Or should the fruit fall to the ground, then there's seeds inside that fruit which grows new trees, but it doesn't feed the tree that actually grew that fruit. So like fruit in a tree, we have fruit in our own lives, and it's our words, our actions, and our responses. And these indicate our spiritual, emotional, and mental health. And that fruit impacts on those around us. And Galatians 5 has a list of fruit that might be in our lives, both good and bad. In verse 19 it says, The behavior of the self-life is obvious. Sexual immorality, 
lustful thoughts, pornography, chasing after things instead of God, manipulating others, hatred of those who get in your way, senseless arguments, resentment when others are favoured, temper tantrums, angry quarrels, only thinking of yourself, being in love with your own opinions, that one cuts close. Being envious of the blessings of others, murder, uncontrolled addictions, wild parties, and all other similar, similar behaviors. It's actually quite a big list, and then I read through that there's some feelings, oh, that's actually just touching on something in me that I need to keep working on. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But the, the key to that list is at the beginning of it, if it's still up there on the screen, the, the, the first thing was self-life. It's, it's living to please ourselves and try to put on a good show to others to hide what's really going on in our life. Anything that has a self or a me motivation is, is um, at its core, no matter how good it seems, can be bad fruit. Yeah. You know that smell of rotten fruit? You, know, you, you put as many leaves around as you like, but that stench always seems to sneak through. Yeah. So, so bad fruit indicates areas of our life that are unhealed or unredeemed. There's things like pride, I deserve this. Insecurities, I'm not good enough or I'm not deserving. Our shortcomings is when we hurt others or disappoint others. Right. Our hurts from when we feel we've been mistreated or when we feel disappointed. Blame. I'm not a victim. It's not my fault. Now, that's really trendy at the moment, but it's not new. Blame actually was, well, Adam was the first thing that, um, and the first thing he did was blame. He blamed his wife and he blamed God. His, his words were, as I recall at the top of my head, he said something along the lines of, it was the woman that you put in the garden. That's what he said to God. It's, it's your fault, God, and the woman's fault. And then there's shame. And I think shame is one of his enemy's strongest weapons. He tries to get us to believe that we're not good enough and that our past and current struggles disqualify us from the goodness of God. Verse 22. But the fruit produced by the Holy Spirit within you is divine love in all its varied expressions. Joy that overflows, peace that subdues, patience that endures, kindness in action, a life full of virtue, faith that prevails, gentleness of heart and strength of spirit. In order to have good fruit, we have to allow God to work within us through his Holy Spirit. And I want to share a couple of thoughts about how we can do this. So the first one is we need to have a daily relationship with God. See, spiritual health and good fruit come about from building an open relationship with God, allowing him to be the essential part of our life every day. It's the lifelong journey we call knowing God. He is incredibly patient, loving, kind, gentle, and generous towards us. He actually wants to be part of our life. We just need to invite him in. We build our relationship with God by reading the Bible. It's often said we are what we eat. and It's no different in a spiritual sense. We become like what we consume, what we read, what we watch, what we listen to. And Jesus is the word. If you want to know him more, read the Bible. We don't grow on one meal per week. And similarly, our spiritual health can be stunted if we only rely on a Sunday meal each week. Yeah. Now, back in January 2018, Daryl and Denise were encouraging the whole church to join a, 
a um, Bible reading plan, a year-long Bible reading plan, and, and this plan was done on our phone app, and it had a little little um, um, study, and it had assigned verses and a prayer for each day. And each week they'd say, have you joined the Bible plan? We've got everyone to read the Bible this year. And I was new to church then, and life was pretty messy. And uh, I was coming each Sunday, but life wasn't really changing, because I was only coming to Sunday and, and uh, looking for that, that desperate touch of God like we have today, which is great, but the, my life through the rest of the week was still the same. And so come March, I thought, well, I better give this a try. Better late than never, right? So I set my alarm 15 minutes earlier each day, and I'd read the assigned verses, I'd read the devotional and the prayer, and it became habit for me. And after a few months, I found I needed more time. I'm not sure whether it was because I was praying more, but they made the readings longer. It's a, <laughs> So I had to set my alarm 30 minutes earlier. And did you know that when we feed ourselves in God's word and allow him to change our heart, it creates space for him to open doors to things we never thought possible and things we'd never considered or things we had written off. So I started praying extra prayers for the devotions. And I recall asking God to bless our pastors. And weirdly enough, at the end of that year, I found myself at a loose end and started internship. And looking back, I have to laugh at the irony of me asking God to, to bless Darren and Denise, only to find he uh, sort of dumped me with them. <laughs> Maybe the blessing's still coming. <laughs> I'm not saying that knowing God results with internship. We all have our own journeys, and they're going to look different. And I'm not saying that I achieve this every day. There's mornings where, where the, uh, the tired flesh drags you back to, the, to sleep. Comfortable warm bed, comfortable pillow, and I just... When I go back, the struggle is real. So I've been thinking, well, maybe I need to shake this up a little. I might just start with coffee. <laughs> but regardless, the word of God transforms it, yeah. us. Yeah. And it takes our shame and replaces yeah. it with his truth. Yeah. You are loved. Yeah. You are bought with a price and have been redeemed. Yeah. You are forgiven. Yeah. You are a child of God. Yeah. You are not alone. Yeah. You are valuable. You have a purpose. And you have a destiny. These words need to get from our head down to our heart. And that's through getting into it daily. And God's word is life-giving. It will impact our health to bring good fruit. And there's heaps of ways to access the word. You can read it online or the printed version. There's Bibles at the back if you don't have one. Uh, your phone apps, they'll even read it to you. And that's really handy if you're in the car. And there's heaps of devotion, uh, daily devotional reading guides. Um, and online messages are all available. It doesn't matter how you do it. There's no right or wrong way. It's just that we do it and we make a start. Or maybe fresh enough and established routine, like me, more coffee. <laughs> the other way we build our health is through talking with God. That's through our prayer, worship, and listening. So God is interested in the details. He wants us to share our life with him. He wants to share our thoughts and our feelings with him on everything. And his, his recipe for prayer is really simple. 1 Thessalonians 5.16 says, Let joy be your continual feast. Make your life a prayer, and in the midst of everything, be always giving thanks. For this is God's perfect plan for you in Christ Jesus. Have you ever wondered what God's plan is for your life? It's a change of attitude to gratitude. It has been proven that gratitude is one of the fastest ways to positively impact our mental and emotional health. 
See, gratitude changes the focus from self-life to the goodness of God and others around us. And we listen. Every relationship has a listen aspect. Sorry. Every good relationship has a listen aspect. I know, because my wife told me. (laughs) And when it comes to God, we can be great at praying wish lists, our feelings, our requests, but sometimes we forget that it's meant to be a conversation, not a broadcast. And last Sunday, Pastor Graham had a really great message about hearing the voice of God and how he whispers to our heart. And it's available online if you missed it. We tune ourselves into the whisper of God by reading his word. In fact, the Bible is the the main way that he speaks to us. And his whisper will never contradict what is written there. The other aspect of healing our spiritual, emotional, mental health is who we surround ourselves with. And John 15, verse 3 says, A branch severed from the vine will not bear fruit. So your life will be fruitless unless you live your life intimately joined to mine. I'm the sprouting vine, and you're my branches. As you live in union with me as your source, fruitfulness will stream from within you. So that fruitfulness, the good fruit, comes from the intimacy with Jesus. And guess what, church? We are the physical manifestation of Jesus here. So to have healthy lives and good fruit, we need to be in real relationships with other believers. Relationships that are life-giving, encouraging, wholesome, uplifting. So union is more than a Sunday after church catch-up. Union is doing life together. And this is what our small groups are for. Ephesians 3, 17 says, I pray that you, together with all the Lord's holy people, grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. And to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. See, we don't experience the fullness of the love of God by ourselves. It happens in relationship. And in the small group is where we build the relationship to experience grace, forgiveness, acceptance. And that's what brings healing and freedom. See, God forgives our sins when we confess to him. But in James 5, 16, it says we are healed when we confess our sins to each other and pray for each other. And the small group creates a safe space to have acceptance and grace without judgment. This is really important. Confession and receiving forgiveness and acceptance is a key to breaking shame. Small groups encourage and support each other. We do life together and we develop good fruit. As the team join me on stage, there's just an interesting end note to the story that, of the tree that Jesus cursed. See, when, that, when he killed that fig, the leafy fig tree, it actually wasn't the right season for figs. It wasn't even time for the fruit to be on the tree, let alone for the fruit to be ripe. And Psalm 1 says, What delight comes to those who follow God's ways? Their pleasure and passion is to remain true to the word, meditating on it day and night. They will be standing firm like a flourishing tree planted by God's design, deeply rooted by the brooks of bliss, bearing fruits in every season of life. They are never dry, never fainting, ever blessed, ever prosperous. So that's the kind of 2023 and beyond that we all want. Continual fruitfulness, even when times are hard. And this comes from building our relationships with God and each other. And it's never too late to start. The Gospel of Luke 
doesn't include the story of Jesus cursing the fig tree. They've got the, uh, the Bible Gospels of Matthew, Mark, Luke are pretty much the same. They share very similar stories. But Luke doesn't have this story. He tells a different story. He talks about a fig tree that's planted in a, in a garden, and it hasn't borne fruit for years. And instead of cursing it or cutting it down, the gardener says, let me water it and feed it for another year. And that's the grace of God. He knows we don't come to him perfect, and he doesn't expect us to. He offers us all another opportunity. And God is all about the journey. He wants us to travel on the adventure of a lifetime with him. See, we may want the instant fix, the feel good, you know, the spray and walk away. But the journey is where growth and learning comes from. The journey is where our testimony is written. This other tree was given an extra year. What could our fruit look like after a year of growing relationships with God and each other? What could the impact be on our homes, our work, our church, our community? Let's be a church that grows together and allows the Holy Spirit to produce good fruit so that others would know Christ. Shall we pray? Heavenly Father, we thank you for your great love. We thank you, Lord, that the, we can't outrun your love, that no matter where we are, you find us. And that you're always reaching out to us. We thank you for your grace, that you stand at our door of our hearts and just knock and say, let me in. Lord, we want to be a people who know you more and share your love with each other. We ask you, Holy Spirit, would you come and guide us into deeper relationship? and be the one who produces good fruit in our lives. As we stay in this moment of prayer, there may be some of you who don't know Jesus, or maybe are far from him. The truth is, God made you and loves you. You're not a mistake or a fluke. You have a purpose. And God has a great plan for your life, and he desires relationship with you. We all sin and mess up, and that sin separates us from God. But God, in his grace, sent his own son, Jesus, to die on a cross. And when he died, Jesus took on himself what you and I would do for sin. He extends to every one of us today his grace, forgiveness for your past, a new life right now, a hope for your future and eternity with him in heaven. If that's you today, if you don't know Jesus or you, maybe you're far from him, I invite you to join this in this prayer. And you say these words in your heart after me. God, today, I surrender my life to you. I know I've sinned, but I believe, Jesus, you died for me. I turn from my old life and turn to you. Come in and be the Lord of my life and make me brand new today. I choose from this day to live for you. In Jesus' name. Now, if you pray that prayer today, can I say, we are so proud of you. I'd like to invite you to just take another step of faith. I'm going to count to three, and if you're here today and you've prayed that prayer and you meant it, what I'd like you to do is when I say three, is just lift your hand. I'm not going to embarrass you and call you out or ask you to stand. I just want to acknowledge your hand and Put it back down so I know who I'm praying for. So on three, just lift your hands. One, two, 
three. I see that hand. I see those hands. I see that hand. Lord, I thank you for every person you've reached out to and touched today. For each person you've saved. And we join with heaven as you celebrate. And Holy Spirit, would you fill each one of us with more of you and lead us on the adventure of a lifetime. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you, church. Can we celebrate those who have made that decision for Christ this morning?